0: On this podcast, we strive, the word of God is alive.
1: As Christians, we work together like bees in a hive.
0: Into discipline and prudence, you know we're about to dive.
1: Welcome back to TNT, season two, episode five. Let's, Let's go. go. Welcome <laughs> back, everybody. Welcome back. We had a week off, uh, kind of in between episodes. You know, life event kind of came up, and Peter and I were kind of thinking about it. We were like, you know, we could rush kind of squeeze out an episode this week or maybe take the time and do a better episode and have some rest. And I think sometimes it's better to have quality over quantity. So we decided to go ahead and push it back a week. And I, I do want to say too, like, you know, we'll probably talk more about this, Peter, but I think every once in a while, it might be nice to have a week in between and just give us kind of a, kind of like a little hiatus to focus and, and, you know, give that time to invest into the next episode and just pull back a little bit. Cause while we do like doing it every week, it is sometimes can be a little bit to make sure every week that does happen. But uh, just want to give you guys some background on that. Didn't know if you want to say anything about the the past week, Peter. But
0: yeah, last weekend when we normally record, for those who don't know, we normally kind of record like on Sundays. It's the best time for both of us. Um, and I was spending that time with Brooke on kind of a little getaway weekend halfway between where we both live. So that was that was a really good time spending time with each other. Had a great time and. It's it's always, you know, long distance can sometimes be a little bit tough. So those moments that you actually get together are so special. And thankfully, the Lord is making it so that both of us are able to to handle this long distance thing pretty well. And yeah. so that that time was very valuable. And I know it probably even helped you out, Joe, a little bit, too, as kind of you were, you know, getting into that second week of, of starting your new job. And so, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like our... Kind of highlight in this new season are one of our main points is to make sure that we're producing the absolute best that we can. And like Joe talked about in his in his introduction, like if we would have rushed it and we were thinking about maybe doing it on like you know Tuesday or even late Wednesday night last or something, week, yeah. late night or something, which you know if it's it's if it's too late at night, you know we're both kind of tired, had a long you know day you know working and everything, so we just thought it was the best decision to to be more prepared to make sure that we're well rested and that we had time to really, really dive into this topic. Um, you know, we, we teased it there in in the uh, the intro, the rhyme, that we're going to be talking about discipline and prudence today. And I think it's, it's a good topic that deserves full, you know, full attention, full awareness when we're talking about it.
1: Yeah, and I, it's almost like a good analogy for how I felt about this week having a week in between is like when you work out, and you need a rest day, you know? or really just anything how god created earth and, you know had rest on the seventh day i think every once in a while it's good to have some rest cuz right now i feel ready to go like i'm i'm gun ready to go with this with this episode and it's yeah. it's nice to have that little break but also with with this point in prudence and we didn't really plan for this type for or this topic in this episode necessarily with our outline but we'll see when we get in the episode i don't want to say one way or the other but i think you know you mentioned brooke and everything and long distance dating and everything i think Discipline is, is a huge thing when it comes to dating and marriage. So, and even in marriage, I'm not just yeah. saying discipline in the form of, uh, you know, physical discipline when it comes to, you know, premarital sex and all that, Yeah, you know, that's probably where everybody's mind goes, but I'm also referring mm-hmm. to self-control and discipline in marriage. Cause I think there's a couple different things that that can look like. And I'm, I'm finding that out myself being married for a little bit over two months now. I think yesterday was two months of the day. So, um,
0: congrats on that again. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Uh, had many congrats on the social media. <laughs> Sarah made a pretty involved reel. I'm not going to reveal. That was a really good reel. I'm not going to reveal how much time she put into it. I'll leave that up to her if she wants <laughs> to disclose it, but it was, it was quite a bit of work. So, um, it
0: looked really well done and well, well put together. So it was definitely worth the time.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I extend thank you for her. So
0: exactly. Yeah.
1: But yeah, like I said, there's many different ways we can take this, but discipline, um, kind of the main topic here that we talked about previously on the phone before this episode is discipline versus motivation. And this has been talked about by many, many people. Um, And Peter, I'm going to give you the floor right now because our friendship really, you know, we became friends in high school and that's when I was at the peak when I had first just started, you know, working out a lot and I was consuming at the time. I was about 16 or 17 years old. A lot of the for the first time, I was consuming a lot of, um, I guess you could call it self-improvement content on YouTube and all that, uh, but just really finding myself with discipline, and I think you probably were in the same kind of realm, too, at that time in your life. You know, I remember we were both, I influenced you to start tracking your nutrition meticulously for a while, so I know- Shout out two, my fitness pal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had a <laughs> interesting experience with that app. I'm probably not going to go yeah. into that fully, but- You know, it's pretty good in general, but all that to say, I think you were in the same realm of, you know, being disciplined in that time of your life. But, um, discipline and motivation has just been something that Peter and I are really passionate about and we find is so useful in our lives, especially as Christians. It's just so important to employ discipline in your life because it's not easy. So I'm going to give you the floor here, just this opening kind of topic or question of Discipline versus motivation, and, and just how that manifests in our lives, and maybe if you just want to, you can take it wherever you want. If you want to talk about background with discipline, how you you know how you've become disciplined in your life, what that's looked like, but the floor is yours.
0: Yeah, this is this is something that I feel like I could talk about extensively. I feel like out of out of a lot of the topics that we've talked about, um, especially relating to faith, but even just in general, this is one that I probably feel almost the most strongly about. And it's it's kind of both of them. Like what, what motivation is, is it's when you have that desire to continue working towards something. When you feel that push, when you you don't know where it comes from, it comes deep from deep within and you just have that desire to, to really get something done. You're you're motivated to get it done. And yep. that's something that, that does wane, wax and wane a little bit. Sometimes you have a little bit more motivation. Sometimes you don't. There are steps that you can take to ensure that you have more motivation regularly. But ultimately, it does, it does come and go, and I think that's okay. Where it di- differs from discipline is that discipline is something that needs to be a standard. It's something that you need to live by day by day. And I believe that ultimately, at the end of the day, it's more important to have discipline than to have motivation, because again, motivation can be here one day and gone, or at least lesser the next day. And when you're not feeling that motivation, sometimes it takes you disciplining yourself. And I feel like a connection that I make easiest is to getting to the gym. Some days you're not going to feel like going to the gym. And like Joe said, you know, it is important to take those rest days. That's something that I've learned recently, especially with the goals that I have. It's important to let the muscles rest and recover and kind of reset But your discipline is there for those days where you do, you know, for your goals, you need to be back in that gym or when, you know, and it goes even just to to being a Christian, you know, some days we're going to have motivation to get into the word and to spend time with God and to pursue our relationship with him full on, you know, with everything within us. I know like worship songs for me, especially, especially ones that really get me in, you know, in my soul that I can feel when I have that feeling or a really good message, really good sermon that just drives me to God, it's easy to have that motivation. But at other times, we're not going to have that motivation. We're going to go through lulls. We're going to go through valleys where we don't have the motivation to be close to God or to really pursue that. And again, that is where discipline comes into the picture because you need to be able to say to yourself, you know, I'm going to use myself as an example. You say, Peter, we're going to do that. We're going to get that done. We're going to get in the gym today because we know that to get to where we want to go, we need to put in this time and you need to discipline yourself and be like, "Yeah, it's not easy." Discipline, you know, another form of discipline is like disciplining God disciplining us or as eventually, you know, parents disciplining our children or even disciplining, you know, employees if you're in a position like that if they do something wrong. You know, discipline is a part of life that needs to be there because if it's not then it's all just wayward and it's all just up in the air and it's flimsy and there's no security, there's no firm foundation. And so, yeah, the, again, you can kind of, kind of hear it probably kind of building up a little bit in me, but it's just, it's something that fires me up so much because yeah, motivation is important. And when you have motivation, it's, it's, it makes being disciplined a lot easier But what discipline is, is when it's not easy, when you don't feel like doing something, but you know that you need to, when you know that you need to spend that time with the Lord, when you know that you need to take a step to avoid a sin that maybe you're dealing with, or when you just need to, you know, put in that effort. And, you know, we could talk, maybe maybe if you want to go on this point, Joe, a little bit, you know, I know I could probably too a little bit, but like relation, relationally, you know, how, how we need to have discipline in that, but. It, it goes in all areas of life, and I think both are very important, but discipline, in my opinion, outweighs motivation.
1: Yeah, yeah. I can I can show you 100 people who are motivated. I can show you 1,000 people who are motivated. I can show you out of those 1,000 people, what, maybe 50 or 25 that are disciplined, right? We all oh, feel motivation. That. Right, yeah. I'm, I'm, I gave about 5% a 5% figure, which I don't know. Just depends on who you, what sample you select, but we all feel motivation, but very few of us are are disciplined and I did learn this at a young age, but this is something that you know discipline is not something that you're necessarily taught all the time um, and this goes back to maybe our previous episode we were talking about identifying our calling um and something I was saying was you know not often really at all will. Your parents in life. Thankfully, my parents did, and I think yours did as well. I ne- can't necessarily speak for you, but like, as far as thinking outside the box when it comes to identifying your calling, not often does that come from parents. In the same sense, not often does it come from parents of being extremely disciplined. You know, if you have a disciplined father or mother, that's a blessing. Um, but this is something that everybody has to forge on their own. You know, discipline cannot be passed down through DNA. Like, you can have maybe certain you know, acclamations to be disciplined, but you're not going to get that until you forge it on your own. And, you know, reading the Bible is a great example of this. You know, we all probably have ebbs and flows with how disciplined we are with reading scripture and praying and having time with God. But reading in general, but especially reading the the word, is a discipline. It's something that you're not always going to feel like doing it. No matter, you know, you could take the person, somebody in the world who loves God the most, They're going to have moments where they don't feel like picking up and reading because reading takes effort, you know, but whether it's reading the Bible or like you're saying, working out or whatever, discipline is going to get you through the times that you don't feel motivated. And honestly, I would say, and this is something I've heard quite a bit and I've experienced most of the time, you're not going to feel motivated most of the time. Now, whether that's 51% of the time and 49% you are, or whether that's 90, 10, it's, it's going to fluctuate, but you're not going to feel motivated as as often. So it's important that you start employing this in your life. And one thing I want to say quickly, and and Peter, you can talk on this if you have any experience, but you know, something that sticks with me and always did once I read this, and I think I was probably about 20 years old when I stumbled across this idea. um, But it's the idea of how you do one thing is how you do everything, right? And the small things you do in your life have a snowball effect, a domino effect. So when I, when I wake up in the morning, you know, it says a lot. If you walk in somebody's room and it's a mess or their house is a mess, you know, that's likely an outward manifestation of what's in, in, inside of them. You know, their thinking is probably all over the place. Whereas if you have a process to your morning, if you have a process to your day, if your room is orderly, you know, if you do the small things well, likelihood is your mind is in order, you're disciplined mentally, but also... Kind of the funny thing is if you don't have your outward world outward world in order, it's harder for your mind to be in order. So when it comes to the small things like getting out of bed, am I gonna make my bed in the morning? It takes 30 seconds. Cyclical. Yes. You know? Yeah. Am I gonna go in the bathroom and after I'm done brushing my teeth, put my toothbrush back where it goes instead of putting it on the counter? Yes. You know, am I gonna fold my clothes when they're done in the dryer, even though I don't feel like doing it right away? <laughs> yes, <laughs> because those little things At the beginning of all of it, and when you have a new day, Peter, you can talk on this too. Before you do any of this stuff, you're not going to feel like doing it. Like we all have that feeling when we start our day, we just feel like laying around. But Hmm. the second you start doing something that takes effort and discipline, it is like a snowball effect, and it creates momentum. You know, I don't know what it is, whether this is like a I don't know a spiritual law or something, and you know we can get into some scripture. But I feel like the small things you do well even if they're like a little bit challenging, they might not be that challenging, but if you do them well, it snowballs and it allows allows you to have confidence in doing the bigger challenges well. Do you want to speak on that? Yeah.
0: Yeah, Well, quickly to kind of what you said right at the end there, it normally applies. I feel like we apply this principle to finances or like spiritual gifts maybe, but I do believe that the, he who has given little and is trustworthy with little can be trusted with much. I believe Mm -hmm. that's the case with this. When you're trusting mm-hmm. with the little things in the part of your day it does like you were saying it does that snowball effect and yeah I noticed that too I mean it's something that I've even seen in my life just on a day-to-day basis if I snooze my alarm oh, honestly yeah. even once sometimes but even if I if I you know I do it a couple times it it totally transforms how I feel even like 4 5 p.m in the day yeah. Like seriously if I the other thing too that I've established as a practice sometimes apart from weekends is I have my phone out here in my living room I don't have it in my bedroom so if I you know if I need to go I have my watch like if anything happened if an emergency came up somebody texted me or called me in the middle of the night I can access that and I'd go run out in the living room and grab it but when like the brain chemistry the effects that it has when the first thing that you do is you're scrolling on your phone is just so bad for for your mental health for just your ability to be cognizant throughout the day and yeah back to that that snoozing thing when that's the first thing you do is you hit that snooze button and I'll admit a lot of times most days I probably hit it like once and normally I can be I can be okay with doing it once because I can afford a few of those extra minutes just to get a little bit more rest and really to kind of let the body wake up a little bit more but if you do it any more than that I have definitely noticed First step, first part of the day, it changes how kind of the rest of the day goes and the energy that I feel later. Yeah. Another thing I do, and this is a discipline practice as well, one of the first things I do, brush my teeth and then I get in a cold shower. Hmm. So I mean, I'm setting the tone right away, brushing my teeth, making sure that you know my breath is, is clean and everything and my teeth are clean, um, and then getting in that cold shower because that that is a discipline. And honestly, sometimes I wish my shower got a little bit colder because, or maybe it's just I've gotten used to it because I've been doing <laughs> it for a while, <laughs> but yeah. genuinely. and and it has been recently when with this colder kind of fall weather coming in the water started to get a little bit colder again so it's been a little bit more of a challenge recently um but even yeah something like that and there are there are physical benefits to doing that as well that i won't get into in this episode but there's a lot of good things that come from cold showers um so doing that and then after that you know most most of the time the first thing that i'll do then after that is and sometimes i'll do this if i grab my phone while you know before i before I do that, I'll read my Bible too, but a lot of times more often when I'm done in the shower, I'll come out here, grab my phone, read. I don't read a lot like you know some people say they sit in the word for fifteen minutes, and could I do that? Maybe, yeah, but when I start my day, I at least want to make sure that I set that tone. And if I feel yeah. like God is calling me to get into the word deeper further in the day, then I will do that. But for the most part, I read probably the plan that I have right now for this entire year actually has been the new Testament and Psalms and Proverbs. So I'm normally reading like a Psalm or a proverb every other day. And then like probably a chapter from a new Testament book. And that's, that's about it. And hmm. so it's probably, it's probably like five, five ten 10 minutes maybe of reading. But again, that's like the first thing I do. And then, then after that, then I'm, you know, I've set my mind right on things above, not on things of the world. So my mind is right to start the day. And I'm not always perfect with this. I'll admit sometimes I do scroll through, you know, Instagram or Twitter or whatever, pull it up for a little bit. But I try to make it a priority and I, I discipline myself and make sure that I do that. And then if I don't, I'm like, all right, either, you know, steps later today that I can take to make sure that I don't fall into that again or tomorrow. The next time I have this opportunity, I'm going straight into the word first. I'm not checking anything else. And so I do that and then I kind of get right into work. I maybe, you know, answer any texts if there were any from from Brooke or anybody else over overnight or whatever, and then get right into work, sometimes even before eating, because there are seen some things about that when you're fasted, you can actually work function at a higher, higher level. Yeah. And so getting like an hour or two done of work. And it is it's we'll get into this more. Maybe this is what we'll talk about next is that regiment. And you talked about this, too, with having that routine. I'm not going to go through my whole daily routine on here, but I thought at least provide kind of the how I said the tone early in the morning.
1: Yeah. And human beings need routine. We need routine. Um, And it's something that a lot of people neglect, you know, and depending on the situation you're in in life, like, for example, you know, Sarah and I being newly married, we had a situation with our new apartment. We had our first apartment. We had to move. Um, So for a month, we were kind of going in between, you know, we stayed stay with my mom for a few weeks and then, you know, found finally found a new apartment and had to move into there. But things like that can make it challenging to stick with a routine, a morning routine. And it's something that we noticed had a, it made it more difficult on both of us. And regiment is super important. And you're talking about the little things, doing them well, and, and even if it's five or 10 minutes of reading. But the thing is, it is better to have five or 10 minutes of reading every single day, no matter what, than to do 20 or 30 minutes one day and then miss for four days and then 20 minutes for one day and miss for five days, you know? So, and that's actually something I was just reading. Um, a book I have called the richest man in Babylon. It's a great book for finances. Um, it teaches kind of ancient spiritual principles of building wealth and it's, it's, um, along the same lines of Think and grow rich in those type of books This thing was written in the 1920s, but it's so good. But one of the principles in that book is, you know, uh, Allocating about 10% of your income, setting it aside no matter what, to to, they call it fatten your purse because it, you know, the stories in ancient Babylon, right, where they would have literal purses and they'd, you know, stick coins in there, whether it's silver or gold. So, but the idea was 10% at least minimum. But a lot of people might not think that's a big deal. Like if you make $3,000 a month, 300 bucks a month is not a huge deal. But it's kind of the same thing with reading the Bible in the morning, 10 minutes. Over time, that small difference makes a big difference. You know, that small investment of time or money or whatever it is, discipline, at the end of the day, it takes discipline to do it. It makes a huge difference over time, and it establishes that habit for you, and it's so, so good. But I think where a lot of people get caught up with regimen and discipline is that it takes, it's, it's uncomfortable, right? It's uncomfortable. When you, Peter, when you wake up in the morning, when you're groggy and trying to wake up, your body's trying to wake up, your mind's trying to wake up, I'm sure it's not the easiest thing in the world, or to want to always feel like reading in the mornings, especially to give it your best effort to be with God, right? Because you have to focus. You have that's to why give cold yourself. Cold shower
0: helps, though. I will say that. It gives, yeah, okay, it gives so you cold shower before up. you yeah. read, right?
1: Okay, that makes sense, but
0: <laughs> that's a big help because I used to do that too. It would be like I would I I used to be at a point where I you know off and on, but I was at a point where I could have my phone like on my nightstand and I'd pick it up and read it, but I just I felt like I wasn't gaining anything from that. Like, I'd look back, like, an hour later, and I'd be like, what did I even read today? Hmm. And so that's why I was like, I need to get that cold shower, and even, like, brushing my teeth, doing something, it's not physically active, but, you know, you're using your, you know, motor skills to do something even as, as simple as that. So, yeah, that's that's why I do both of those things, to get the brain kind of woken up a little bit and get, get the body moving.
1: Yeah, because sometimes, I'm sure this happened to you, you mentioned, like, what did I even read? You know, we can... <laughs> When you read, you can like glance and not even necessarily take it all in. And and sometimes you could even want to take it in, but you're just not awake enough to do it. So, um, but no, what I'm saying about, you know, I guess concurring with what you were saying, those small investments of time and involving discipline over time have a massive effect. And you don't have to do it perfect, you don't have to be perfect. But I think, you know, you need to start, we all need to start. When it comes to discipline, if you're if you're undisciplined, if you feel like you're undisciplined, or there's areas of your life that need need work and discipline, start by doing this. And this is something that I got from Jordan Peterson. Um, you know, one of his famous sayings is, "How are you going to take on the world if you can't if your if your room isn't clean? Like you have to organize your bedroom. If you you know a lot of peop- these people have massive, you know, goals. You know, climate activists or social justice activists with these massive goals about the world, but you need to make sure your house your house is in order before you take on the world. But um, one of the quotes, yeah, that's even in, a
0: biblical principle too. I'm going I'm to look that up while you while you keep talking to about having a house in order.
1: Yeah. So what I was saying was so one of the principles I took from Jordan Peterson is um, is that of having your house in order. But you cannot attempt to make these changes unless you have an idea of what you want to do. So. Something he suggested is, you know, these areas of change, you feel like you need to do something, but you're not doing it. And you know you're not doing it. Keep putting it off. Sit down and write a list. What are three areas of my life I want to improve? Write three things down. The three biggest things you all know, like we all have that one thing is like, oh, I need to get pay attention to this. Um, for me recently, it was my budget. I was just telling Peter this. I have been need to be more disciplined with our budget. So I sat down, boom, I need to work on my budget. But write down three things that are the most pressing things that you want to improve on in your life and pick the one that's the most important to you. And for the next few days, focus on how can I take this and what can I practically do the most bare minimum thing? This is the challenge I want to say. And Peter, you can give your thoughts if you, if you desire, but pick the one thing you want to improve and literally give it the bare minimum effort for the next few days. I would say for the next week, like even if it's five minutes, I don't care how stupid it seems, but just say, I'm going to take the bare minimum To improve this, And if you do that for a week, by the time that week is over, you're going to look back and say, hey, I was actually pretty consistent for a week. Now I can ramp it up a little bit in the next week. And you just keep doing that Mm -hmm. over and over until you feel confident and have that momentum we were talking about to keep improving. So, you know, that especially with your relationship with God, that can look like, hey, I'm literally going to take five minutes or even less than that. If you don't read the Bible at all, I'm going to read a Bible verse in the morning every time I wake up. Okay, you do that for a few weeks, you'll be like, you know what, actually, I I can probably dedicate five minutes or 10 minutes, boom, ramp up to that. And before you know it, you'll have that habit established and ingrained. So just wanted to give everybody a more thorough kind of understanding or background of what we're saying about these small habits, because this is how I think we can build discipline is have those small habits that kick in. Um, And unless you wanted to say anything else about that, Peter, I think... I was going to go ahead and go into some of the scripture we had on here, but did you want to speak about anything I was saying before that?
0: Well, I liked what you said, and I always think of the principle of get 1% better every day. And yeah. one. So 1%, if we're, if we're giving 1% every day, I looked this up, in 16 hours of being awake, that's just shy of 10 minutes a day. So if you're, you're wow. if you're making it a goal to be 1% better every day it's it's exactly what you were just talking about you know the 5 to 10 minutes of taking time to really prioritize something and so getting 1% better and it, you could look at it 1% better as a person as an individual all together rounded into one thing or you can look at it like you were saying in one specific area but if you have a cognizant effort to get 1% better and an intentional effort to do that it's not like it has to take a bunch of time out of your day. It's just as long as you're fully concentrated during those 10 minutes, I think you're going to see the results and that obviously with, with what our goals are here with true North, you know, we, we want, we want all of our, all of, you know, both me and Joe as the host and all of our listeners to take that time to improve in our walk with, with the Lord, most importantly, but in all areas of life, devoting that time is so, so important.
1: Yeah. And you know, this, Our podcast, True North, is obviously faith-based, faith-centered. So all these things we're talking about, all the principles, apply directly to your walk with God. But the beautiful thing about Scripture and the principles in Scripture is that they can apply to every area of your life. So, you know, this applies with your relationship with God. It applies with your physical health. It applies with your sleep. It applies with your social life. Everything in here uh, can apply. So I, I don't, you know, I want everybody to know these are kind of universal principles here that come from the Bible and, and they're have truth in them, and they're very good. And there's a couple of quotes I wanted to read, a um, couple uh, just quotes that kind of wrap up what we were saying before we go into some scripture. And this is like a blog I like to read, um, and they're, they're talking about, like, the little things. So there's a couple of quotes. One of them here is, life is all about doing the little things well consistently, you know, and, and just the importance of having that consistency over you know, spurts of here and there. And uh, there's a quote here. I'm not I'm not even sure who T.S. Eliot is, but let's see. He says, I have measured out my life with coffee spoons. And it's kind of a, a metaphor for what we're saying of, of the yeah. little measures. And just a quick yep. uh, bio on T.S. Eliot. He's an, a poet, an essayist, a publisher, a playwright and literary critic. He was Uh, won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1948. So the coffee spoon measure, doing the little things well, okay? And then kind of what we're saying about motivation and and discipline. Uh, This is something Peter and I have talked about a while too, for many times too, is that 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 action oftentimes precedes motivation. Taking action, as contrary as that might seem, the action might give you the motivation. So if you feel unmotivated, and you don't want to do something, the second you do it, it might give you that motivation. And oftentimes, you know, personally, Peter, there's a couple of things, couple of times I have very stark experiences with this where, you know, that unmotivation almost turns into motivation. Like when you don't feel like working out, and sometimes I'd go on runs, it's like the fact that you know, like I know I don't feel like doing this, and I'm still doing it. That makes me motivated right there. It's like yeah. I, I'm so committed only to comes the cause. From discipline.
0: I yeah yeah
1: right but like like overcoming that that resistance will give you the motivation you know so sometimes yeah. it's kind of backwards sometimes you have that motivation before you do something but sometimes you have to do it before you get the motivation so those are just a couple quotes i wanted to say obviously you know the legendary the obstacle is the way quote you know mm-hmm. that's that's never yeah. going to go away but just a couple ideas uh to summarize there but i think um Peter, I believe you supplied this one here on the outline with the Second Timothy scripture. Uh, yeah. I think it would just be a good one if you want to read that.
0: Yeah. when I think the one— this, is, I don't know if this is quite the verse that I was looking for when we talked about having the house in order, um, but I think—and think, this one is specifically applied to deacons, but I think as men of God especially, this is something that we need to apply. This is First Timothy 3, 12, 3, verse 12. A deacon must be faithful to his wife and must manage his children and his household well. Those who have served well gain an excellent standing and great assurance in their faith of, in Christ Jesus. So obviously here it is more directed towards deacons, but I think it is a principle um, that, that we can apply in terms of having the house in order, which is a, a point that we mentioned a bit earlier, but yeah, Uh diving into this verse from Second from Timothy 1, 7, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Mm. So, my takeaway from this verse, I mean, you look at the end of it, obviously, self-discipline ties into what we're talking about, but I think it shows the spirit that God gives us is not one, you know, other translations say not one of fear, but he gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So, he gives us really in authority to to have power in in our lives as long as we surrender control to him it's yeah. it's one of the great ironies that i love talking about all the time is like to have control or power in our lives we have to give it over to god yeah you know, that's that's the first step and then he gives us gives us power he gives us love and he gives us self-discipline so that we can continue to remain disciplined and ultimately be close to him
1: yeah, and then going into the next one you had there, it says talking about the need for self-discipline. So yep. 1 Corinthians 9:24 through 27. Funny enough, 9:24 is my birthday, so that's kind of interesting. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which we're coming up on here in a week. So Oh yeah,
0: very soon. Pretty cool timing today. there. Yeah. A week from recording at least.
1: Yep. And so 9:24 I'm turning 24, so very interesting yeah. timing. But <laughs> This is speaking on the need for self-discipline. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So kind of a kind of a powerful choice of words there um, and, and just at the end. Yeah. An yeah, analogy for that self-discipline, you know, and I liked what it said about um, running aimlessly because I think, you know, in order for discipline to be effective, you have to, it has to be directed. You know, you have to have a goal in sight. Uh, this is something I'm very, very passionate about is like you have to have a goal you know, and a, a guy that I, I listened to quite a bit, and especially in the past, Earl Nightingale, he talked about this a lot. He's like, a man who has a goal, if you have a definite goal, you already have set yourself apart from most people. You know, a lot of people don't have a definite goal in mind. You ask somebody, hey, what's, what's your ultimate goal? Where are you heading? They don't really know, you know, and our ultimate goal as believers needs to be to serve Christ in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, that alone gives us purpose and a vision and a goal, but having that goal and I believe this is Paul, right? Writing to to church in, in Corinth.
0: Corinth, um, yeah.
1: So, yeah, I, I just like the power there. I, I think um, in the previous scripture you talked about, I think it kind of shows us here that self-discipline gives us power. You know, it gives us, maybe it's that sense of momentum. Maybe it's it's a sense of of confidence, especially that I think there is such thing as spiritual confidence. You know, yep. when you, when you have that discipline in the word and you know you're, putting your best foot forth with God, I think it gives you spiritual confidence to stay on the right path, right? Because I think it's a lot easier to go astray or to fall victim to sin if you're not putting in that work, if you're not you know, having that spiritual, almost spiritual momentum. So, yeah, it's just a lot of good in that scripture there. I don't know if you want to say anything from that, but uh, if not, we have that Romans.
0: Yeah, I just, I loved what you said too about that like, we have what was it exactly that you said, the control or whatever,
1: uh what spiritual you say that it might be, I don't know if I'm picking up on what you're saying what what
0: spiritual, yeah, control or what what did you say again, confidence, spiritual confidence, confidence was, yeah, spiritual confidence, yeah, I really liked what you said with that because I don't know, it's almost like people feel like we constantly have to be. It's it's a it's a weird dynamic and it's something to be careful with. But like, that we're always chasing after what God wants for us. But I believe that God, when we truly pursue it, allows us to make a decision and to see it evidently known what our step needs to be. And so, yeah, when we when we have that discipline too, God then provides us with self control, and He can give us that that spiritual confidence to know. That what we feel feel in our soul comes from Him, and that we don't have to don't have to doubt it. We can have full assurance. And and then just applying to this, I actually saw this quote today on on, on Instagram. It was something I think from Usain Bolt um, that he said like I train four years to run for nine seconds. Like sometimes yeah. we have to put in years and years into this discipline. And it sometimes is for a reward that lasts, yeah, like, you know, nine seconds. It could be something fleeting. But ultimately, especially when it comes to spiritual things, when we're spending that time, it leads to eternal rewards. Rewards that come, you know, perhaps in this life, certainly in, in the one to come in, in heaven. So, yeah, I, I definitely, you know, there's there's a reason this, this passage was, was part of our our discussion today and I think it's it's so good and especially you know for for both of us being being former athletes and knowing about you know what goes into practice and training and everything it's easy to make that kind of connection to see that yeah that's that's how we need to be with our faith is to be to be constantly working but not to be going after a goal like aimlessly. Like you said, we need to have a definitive purpose when yeah. we're striving after something. Whether it's to improve our just connection with God our relationship with God, whether it's improving, you know, addressing, you know, tackling a certain sin that we're battling, that we're dealing with, defeating that sin and having a definitive aim to get that, get that, you know, rid out of our, out of our hearts and our soul, you know, whatever it is, we need to have that definitive goal. And I think, like you said, when you have that goal, then, and you combine that with discipline, you know, as long as you trust in God and you're pursuing something that is in his alignment for your life, you're going to achieve that.
1: You are. And you have to believe that. That's the thing. Yep. It's like, that's another (laughs) funny enough. You said that because that's actually another thing that Nightingale talks about quite a bit. It's like a man with a goal. So long as you do the, the, you know, required effort, very few times, if ever, and oftentimes it has to be an act of God to prevent you if you have a goal, you will see it through, you know, if you have a legitimate goal, you will see it through. And it's, you can't understate that. I mean, you cannot understate the importance. Also what you're, what I was, we were both saying about you have to have a goal. We all have to have a goal. If we don't have a goal, we don't know where we're going. If you don't have a goal with your finances, you don't know where you're going to be. If you don't have a goal with your health, you don't know what's going to happen. You're going to be lazy about it. You're going to be careless. You're going to be aimless.
0: you're going to chase after like, especially when I think of like the gym and and health, you're going to chase after fad workouts or diets, especially.
1: Yeah. And even when it comes to, to calling and work, right. I mean, we have to have a goal with where we want to be with work eventually, even if we don't know for sure. Uh, you know, I had probably three or four different,
0: sometimes it's setting short term goals too. Yeah. Like sometimes, sometimes we're not going to know. And I don't think it is for us to know what that big end picture is going to look like but i think it's setting it's setting little goals steps along the way climbing one one step of the lat uh, one step of the stairs one rung of the ladder each and every day and that kind of goes with the 1% better rather than focusing and again it is good to have like some sort of understanding of what that purpose is and what that kind of finish line might look like but ultimately i think the best way is to approach the the little things the day by day like we talked about kind of at the beginning of this episode setting, even just within a day, the minute by minute within a day of, of going after, you know, a specific goal in each, in each moment. And that's why, that's why living in the present is something that I think is so important as well. And prioritizing that.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I was, like you said, you don't know where you're going to be. You don't know what it's going to look like, but if you don't have that goal, a good, a good example of what can happen is, you know, I, I have my end goal with my career and everything, and probably like to keep that private as, as much as I can, but you know, you Same generally thing. know what yeah. it is, but yeah. um, that goal allowed me to have discernment with what job I was going to take because I had a f- quite a few jobs that popped up before I took my current job, you yeah. know, and it, if, you know, there's a couple times where like I was talking with my wife and she was like, just not every good opportunity is the right opportunity. And you have to have discernment of of what you're going to take, what you're not going to take and where you just, where you're going to go. So right. Yeah, you you know, the importance of having that goal is what I wanted to say. But you also touched on something about, I forget how you worded it, but saying people think that you never know where God's going to take you. And sometimes, you know, you can kind of stake your claim. Like, this is, this is what I believe God has in store for me. And I yeah. think also when it comes to discipline and self-control, there's, there's this idea, and I want to be careful when I say this too, but in the church especially, that we are so sinful, we are so fallen that we are just going to sin so much, so we're just so unworthy of God's grace and no matter what we do with our whole lives, we're going to struggle so much with all this sin. And I want to I want to in some ways dispel that and I want to speak against that idea because I think that can lead to us living lazily as Christians and I think it can lead to us making excuses for our sin. And a scripture I want to point to for this and and you know we can talk about this a little bit, but John 8 and this is, you know, Jesus, I don't know if you know the story about him, like, riding in the ground. Nobody knew what he was writing, but that's yep. this is the story. And briefly, I want to go into this. Um, I'll just read John 8, 1 through 11 here. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this is the woman who has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? This they said to test him that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more, he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up to her and said, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go. And from now on, sin no more. Hmm. And that whole story, you might say, well, they all left. They know they're guilty of sin. They're all sinful. But the last line there sticks with me. And it said, and he, Jesus said, I don't condemn you. Go. Yes, you're not condemning your sin. But what does he say then? From now on, sin no more. And Practically, of course, he doesn't mean never sin again in your whole life. It's not possible. But I don't think Jesus would say something like that lightly. And, you know, we should have that mindset, especially regarding self-control and discipline, of sinning no more. What are the areas of sin that have plagued our life in the past? We should see a progression. We should see an improvement as Christians. What are we doing to combat those areas of sin? And I, I just wanted to point that out of go and sin no more. That's what Jesus said. Sin no more. He didn't say, Oh, you're always gonna sin. So just deal with it, you know. We're so sinful, just deal with it. No, he said go and sin no more. Now, obviously, we there's grace, right? We're gonna sin sometimes. But the mindset is sin no more. So I just wanted to to highlight that. Um I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It it becomes becomes a way of living. We can either choose to live in a way that we're okay with sin, it's just, yeah, we're, we're all sinners, it's gonna happen, or we can live with something that I I love saying it this way, is you strive for perfection with the understanding that you won't reach it and that God will forgive you for your sins, but your, you know, outlook is to strive for that perfection, for that standard, and not not in a way where you feel like you're an absolute failure when you mess up and that you can't get back. It's It's again with those, like, small steps where it's like, it's better to like make it a priority to day by day get better than to be like, this is going to suddenly stop right now. If you, yeah. if you kind of catch what I'm saying, like obviously that should be our goal is to go and sin no more, but it's better to day by day, make that improvement than to like suddenly cut something out And then it comes back again and we're not like prepared to handle it when that sin comes back again Mm -hmm. or when those doubts come back again, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to, and sometimes in that step-by-step process, it does go away quickly or it does kind of go away right away, but it's about making those kind of, what I think of too, a good way to tie it in is a diet, like crash diet, where you just cut out absolutely every piece of junk food (laughs) and all you have is, all you have is like veggies and fruit. And like real lean proteins, like if you just try to cut that all out right away after living in a lifestyle where you're going out for fast food, you know, five, six times a week or something like that, and you just suddenly try to cut that all out, it's going to be a rough time because then when you get that taste of that fast food again or of that dessert – you're gonna want more and more and more of it right away, whereas you kind of you, you know you phase it out. And this also, though, is not an excuse when it comes to sin to be like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of you know start pushing it away. I'm and I'm gonna get to it tomorrow. But it's like being okay with the fact that it is a step by step process, and sometimes it does take time. But having that cognizant effort, and I know it might feel like I'm kind of talking in circles here a little bit, but it's striving for for perfection, knowing that you're not achieve gonna going to achieve that. And being okay with that, but not being okay with sin being a way of life. Yeah. It should never be a way of life. It is a part of life, but it should never be a way of life.
1: Yeah. And I, I want to say too, I think a, a way to maybe summarize some of that is, something my dad always taught me is, you aim high, you'll hit high. You mm-hmm. aim low, you'll hit low. So aim high. Go and sin no yeah. more. That's the standard. That, that's the goal. Aim high. You know, and and one of the most controversial people probably in U.S. history. Whether how are you feel about him, I don't really care. I'm not taking a stance here. But a quote he did say regarding real estate, because he's pretty good at it, Donald Trump, <laughs> is if you're going to think, think big, right? Yep. If you're going to have a goal, if think big. Think, think big. <laughs> <laughs> the big beautiful wall <laughs> we're gonna build it,
0: but. Nice and tall. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh,
1: Peter, Peter and Joseph's uh, Trump, uh, whatever you want to call it, impression. Yeah, going to do a rhyme now. That wouldn't be that great. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) but no. If you're going to think, think big. If you're going to aim high, if you're going to aim, aim high. Right. That's the goal. But Mm -hmm. I just think it. I just wanted to address that because I think people can fall into that lazy mindset of, oh, I'm always going to send. So whatever it is, what it is, whatever. No, that's that's not what Jesus thought about it. That's not how he thought. Even though he had grace. He said, go and send no more. So I kind of wanted to wrap up and touch on that. And um, you had this Roman scripture down. You want to touch on that before we we move on? Because I think I want to wrap up with Proverbs.
0: Well, you know what? I think this kind of ties in perfectly to what we just talked about. Yeah. Here's, Here's the first verse and I'll read the, actually all of it does. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sins shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace. I think that Amen. adds to what we we're just talking about perfectly. Maybe it's we should, funny maybe how that we should wrap up out. with
1: that, honestly. That, I feel like that's a a good thing I'm fine to with the,
0: with the proverbs too, but I think that that at least t- definitely ties into what we, we we were just talking about of not letting sin reign in in our bodies because we are brought to to God and we're yeah. we're to offer every part of ourselves to Him as an instrument of righteousness. Yeah, and we no longer are under the law, but we're under His grace, and I think that kind of wraps up what we were just talking about there too. But I definitely, if you if you want to close with this. I'll I'll leave it up to you, but I think that's at least a good way to tie in the uh, like how how we should approach sin in our lives and how that should be something that we cut out completely. Yeah,
1: I I think we can we can honestly push this one to next week. I mean, we're going to include this scripture here as like a preview to next week, but I, I think just for topic's sake and for the episode, I think that's a great just a great way to underline those what we're talking about. So we can wrap up with what you read there, and again, yeah. I just want to reemphasize it. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Don't let it reign. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from from death to life. And what does that look like, offering yourselves to God? It looks like what we're saying. Wake up in the morning and read your Bible. Wake up in the morning, pray. Before you go to bed at night, pray. You know, the simple things. That's what it looks like. Don't overthink that. Yep. Don't don't overthink it, you know, but you gotta take that first step and have that discipline. Um and and if finally that
0: first one it's gonna be easier to take that second step too. Amen. Hundred percent. That snowball effect.
1: Yeah. The final the final wrapping up here for sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law but under grace. So Amen. Praise God, you know. Yep. That's the mindset we all need to have. So I hope everybody took something from this episode. Something Peter and I are pretty fired up and passionate about always <laughs> discipline. It's a beautiful yeah. thing in life, you know. It's, it's a really beautiful thing if you grasp it. It's, it really brings a lot of order. It brings a lot of, you know, confidence and, and just, it's just so good. Discipline is so good. It's from God, but it takes effort. So I would encourage everybody to consider what we've said in this episode and and read the scripture we have presented here and pray about these things and, and uh, analyze your life and ask yourself, what can I improve on? You know, how can I be more disciplined? So. Definitely. You have anything else to say Peter?
0: I just kind of want to say, you I don't say, expect you, know, you to.
1: You said quite a bit before I said something. So <laughs> if not, I'm, I'm definitely leading you to to go ahead and pray if you if you desire.
0: Yeah, I'll just okay. I'll just say actually you know what? I I'll, I'll just say what I was going to say in the prayer kind of. So Okay. Heavenly Father, we come to you today with just thankfulness for this opportunity to to talk about about discipline and tying it with motivation and all that we talked about cutting sin out of our lives. Lord, I pray that you would give each of us in our hearts and in our minds the ability to step by step, even if it's a small step in in our eyes, Lord, to, to take those steps to be disciplined, both most importantly in our faith, but even physically in, you know, uh, being stewards of the temples that you've given us and even just in our relationships that we would that we'd be disciplined, Lord, in all areas that you would just guide us step-by-step step, that you would show us the way and that you would help us, like we just read in this last part here, to no longer, Lord, And it's, it's not even something we have to pray for. It's more something to be thankful for, Lord, that you give us the power to no longer be bound to sin, but to be free in you
1: mm-hmm. and in
0: the salvation that you provide, no longer under the law, but under your grace. So just thank you for that, Lord. It's it's not so much a prayer of, of supplication, but a prayer of thankfulness because when we are in you and living living in just complete surrender to you, Lord. It is something that you will provide us because you did not create us to be stuck in sin. That was something that only came because of the fall. And while we're born in sin, again, Lord, we were not created to be in sin. And so you give us the power to be to have discipline over that most of all. And I just want to thank you, Lord, for... Another kind of area of discipline that we didn't talk about so much in this episode, but the discipline that that Joe and I both received, especially from our fathers, but even our parents in general. And that I think was just something that I'm so grateful for and can't speak for Joe, but I'm sure he is as well, Lord, for the discipline that that both of our that all of our parents gave to us, Lord. So just thank you. Thank you for that. And I pray for. For both of us, Lord, whenever or if it is in your plan for us to be fathers as well, I pray that you would help us to instill that in our future children as well. Mm-hmm. And just thank you. Thank you for for who you've created us to be, Lord, both, you know, everybody listening as well, Lord, that you give all of us the power to have discipline even when we don't feel that motivation. And I thank you so much for that, Lord.
1: Mm-hmm. God, I just pray for all of us. uh, listening and and Peter and I talking today that you would just reinstill these, these principles, the spiritual principles of discipline and and just the spiritual confidence that comes from that and motivation and and, uh, just momentum. And I pray for everybody listening today that they, uh, they take on that, that um, just fierce uh, attitude of self-control and the power that comes with it, that Paul was writing about Lord, that the power we have in your Holy spirit to overcome sin and evil and Satan and his demons, we have power. Uh, They cannot come near you, Lord. They run at the mention of your name. So I just thank you for that power in our lives to cast away evil and to walk in in our calling and who we are in you. And um, just thank you for this scripture here, Lord, we wrapped up with that. We just praise you that sin uh, shall no longer be our master in our lives and that we have the power to overcome those things. And that you told us to go and sin no more. And I pray that we would all individually go and go and send no more. And we'd identify areas in our, in our lives to become more disciplined. And I thank you for these fruitful virtues that you have provided us in your word to take on and and aspire to. So I just pray that all these things be planted in fertile soil on, on the listeners hearts today, and that they grow into very big, beautiful trees, strong trees. Mm -hmm. And uh, just thank you for this day. We pray for true North's mission to continue and grow and just uh, pray for everybody listening today to be blessed for what we talked about. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you all for making it to the end of episode five. We hope that these words help you strive and feel alive, as we said in the beginning. <laughs> but if you made it this far, make sure you like and rate the episode. Share this episode with somebody it, Sped it around.
0: It. Sped it around like honey in a hive.
1: We sped it around. Yeah, we did. You know, we take <laughs> it, but we took it back to the beginning. So uh, like we said at the beginning of True North... You know, this is the, the, the purpose of this is to, to help people uh, to enlighten, inspire uh, others to, to, you know, grow a relationship with Christ. So share this episode with somebody who needs to hear it, uh, like and rate the podcast, and we will happily see all of you back in episode six. Have a great week.
0: Peace.